Welcome to Business Matters with host Rob Capello, a podcast where we open the conversation on what matters for business. We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First Credit Union, a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive. Happy New Year's and welcome to the first Business Matters of 2021, uh, presented by Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union. For those of you unfamiliar with Valley First, they're a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson Valleys. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families, and they also have a robust business and commercial team with the expertise, products, and services needed to help local businesses grow and thrive. For more information, visit valleyfirst.com business. I'm Rob Capello, VP Business Development at Now Media Group, and I'm happy to welcome Justin Chapman to today's episode. Justin is the Vice President at Canscribe Career College. Canscribe was founded in December of 2002 and officially started enrolling students in January 2003, so right away. Um, Canscribe became the first private online career college in Canada, which is interesting, I learned, and now a leader in distance education. Uh, Justin has climbed the ranks at Canscribe. You moved, I see, from operation managers to sales and marketing manager, and now role of vice president. So you've covered all aspects of the organization. Uh, so how did you get started? And I was wondering how to like how did that progression start, and how did you get started in your career with Canscribe? I started in high school um, okay. working for Canscribe, literally just filing paper. Um, that was my one job. It was a very monotonous, boring job, and I kind of worked there through school and through the summers and everything like that. And then I went to university, same thing, worked through school full-time in the summer. And then when I graduated, um, I got promoted to operations manager and worked my way from, from there. Awesome. Well, it's quite the journey and staying, you, you, you've seen everything then. Yeah. I've literally worked in every department. I've done <laughs> cold calling, student services, uh, accounting. I've, I've pretty much done it all. Do they, everyone come to you for all their questions now? They're like, let's just go to Justin. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's like that, but we've got a pretty good team. So everyone kind of knows what they're doing and anything like that. But yeah, if there's anything that, that I can help on, I'm always there to help. Awesome. I did see in your profile, the one thing before we jump in is that we do have a, a common love of the game of football, or I guess as they call it in North America, soccer. And I see you're a big Whitecaps fan and I am as well. So did you play, did you play soccer growing up or? Yeah, I've only... I guess this year is really the only year I haven't played because of COVID, but yeah, I've, I love the game. I'm a keeper myself. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. So I, I've played since I was four or five. Wow. We have to be, my son's a, goal, uh, a goaltender uh, for soccer and you have to be a, definitely a different mindset when you're playing the net. There's no doubt about it. Everyone always says we're the weird ones on the team. Yeah. I don't know yeah, what that's, that's about, right. but. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your team? Who's your favorite team? My favorite team is Bayern, Bayern Munich, okay. um, yeah. who Alfonso Davies plays yeah. for from yeah. the Whitecaps. Um, but I, I don't get the Bundesliga, so mm -hmm. I picked a team when I went and lived in England. Um, and West Brom is my team, and they're terrible, so that's fun. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, thanks for joining me today. Um, um, before we get kind of into the questions, tell us about Canscribe. Who are you guys? What do you guys do? Yeah, we're an online college. Um, we specialize in finding and, and training people for careers working from home. So 
we all work from home right now, which is nice, but we want to help people. Our real goal, we train people to be able to actually do the job, which is nice. Um, and, and really focus on those career training, the, the aspects that are missing. So our biggest program right now is our medical transcription program. Right. And we train people from home, which is nice. You can literally take the take the program while you're laying in bed. Um, and then you can, you can find a career working from home as well, which is huge. I mean, in today's world, it's almost bigger than it was before, but yeah. even beforehand, you know, for those people who maybe can't find careers or, or need to be able to take care of their children or sick parents or anything like that, that's kind of our mission. We want to be able to help people find jobs and when they generally wouldn't be able to. I did see that, um, it says you're the only school in Canada to have your program approved by the Association of Healthcare Documentation Integrity. So what does that mean? And how do you like, how do you get approved? Like, can you, can you expand that a little bit more? Yeah, so that's our medical transcription program in the AHDI. They're essentially the governing body for medical transcription. But it was really important to us to be able to show that we have a top quality program. It's, you know, if I say our, our course is good, no yeah. one's going to believe me, right? We have to be able to show that. And, and we go through a huge auditing process. They look at our program, they look at the content, um, the transcriptions, everything that's involved. And, and they tell us, yes, this is good or no, this is bad. We've never heard that it was bad yet. So that's good. That's um, good <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, we go through that process um, just to kind of give some, some, peace of mind to people to know that, you know, when they're enrolling in a program, they know it's going to help them out. Right. So we've mentioned sort of, you know, you're, you're sort of known for the medical transcription program, but what other programs do you guys offer? Yeah, we have uh, an administrative assistant, virtual assistant program. We also have a medical terminology program and then some computer training as well, but we are coming out with a, a new virtual assistant program. We had actually started it before COVID. So it's, it's, kind of crazy that it's worked out this way, but we're just waiting to be able to, to launch that. It should be either this month or early next month, we hope. And that's going to focus on, you know, a lot of the fundamentals that people may not have. Um, I, I know a lot of people put on their resume, they're very good with Word and Excel, but that's not always the case because Excel is a crazy program. And, um, you know, we give the fundamentals of that, marketing, human resources, accounting, bookkeeping, all that stuff. But then there's an accent of how to do it all from home and how to kind of jump into that. And it's not as simple as, oh, I'm working from my desk at home most of the times, as I'm sure a lot of people have found out in the last eight months or so. But yeah, we give a really good kind of understanding of how to do all of those things and, and make sure that they can start their own business in the industry that they want from home. So how big of a how big of a market, like, I guess, like you said, right now, everyone's working for quote unquote from home or most people are, but how big of a market are we talking about? Like, are like, and where would people work? For, who would they work for after they, they go? And I guess each program is different, but from generally, totally. who, who are they actually working for? Yeah. So for the medical transcription program, they're going to be working for one of the large or actually small medical transcription companies out there. So two of the biggest ones in the world are iMedics and Acuity is what their names are. Most people have probably never heard of them. Um, and then there's also Nuance and Nuance does a whole bunch of car companies uh, audio. So if you press the, I want to talk to my car button and say, Hey, turn on the radio, that's Nuance. They're the ones doing that. So um, they'll generally work for the, one of those companies, or they can work directly for a clinic, basically typing out what people are, or what the doctors are saying when they see patients. Right. And then for the virtual assistant program, 
to say what company specifically that they're going to work for is really hard because most businesses now have someone working from home. And you look at a company like WordPress, for example, um, 100% of their employees work from home. Right. And so there's a huge market out there. Um, there's a ton of IT companies as well and software development companies that because having an office is so expensive and you can right. do everything from home, they just employ people to work from home. So are, how are, are, are some of these programs or the, as people that are going through the programs, are they actual careers of second incomes or is, or, or is it really both? Is it really depending on the person? Yeah, it's, it's both. It really comes down to you. A huge thing that our student base and graduates look for when that's kind of the biggest reason they take the program is they need flexibility. Right. So for example, um, we have a lot of stay-at-home moms and they want to be able to still provide for their family, um, you know, more than what they're doing originally, yeah. because being a stay-at-home mom is an amazing yeah. thing on its own. I agree. <laughs> yeah. You know, do something else. And so, you know, when you have kids at home, you can't work generally 40, 50 hours a week. So you right. want something where you can work maybe 10, maybe 20, maybe 30, whatever it is. And, and both of these careers that we're trying to help people find, let you do that. You accept as much work as you essentially can or want to do. So it's, it's really about flexibility for these people. If you want to work 60 hours a week, you can do that, but you can also work 10 or 20. And so and, and without, I know there's a range, I, I get it with this question, but like, what can someone earn as is like, a, maybe if we talk about medical transcription, it's like, what can someone earn in that, in a, in a role like that? Yeah, that one's one of the hardest ones to gauge because it's production based. So the more work you do, the more money you're going to get paid. Um, I always tell people you can earn from 20 to 40, $45,000 a year, but it really depends on how much you're working. So if you're working five or 10 hours a week, you're probably not even going to come close to that $20,000. If you're working 50, 60 hours a week, you can probably go over top of that. Um, it really comes down to the training you have, um, the experience you have in the industry, and then, you know, basically how fast you are. So it's a, it's a weird range, but it's, you know, you'll generally be within that, um, depending on how many hours you work. Right. And then for the virtual assistant program, it's a huge range as well. Generally you'll, you'll see yourself starting at around $20 an hour, but once you get more experience and you get into a niche market, this also really helps. You can earn 50 to a hundred, that a hundred dollars an hour, because there's a huge demand for a lot of different things. So marketing, for example, um, you know, you can generally charge a lot when you've got that experience. Interesting. And how long are the programs? Yeah. Our medical transcription programs, 52 weeks, one year. Um, and then the virtual assistant program will be six months. Interesting. And do you find, you mentioned sort of, uh, your students are, there's a range of some, you know, there's a lot of stay-at-home moms. Do you find that there is an age group that makes up your student base? Like they find sort of that sweet spot of who your actual students are. Yeah, it's, it's actually changed over the last kind of seven years, but um, primarily our students are going to be between the ages of 30 and 50 um, and 98% are women. Um, yeah. So, and then that's kind of the general basis we have for all of our, all of our students through all programs right now. Right. So you mentioned the flexibility when they're done the program. So the, the careers, it sounds like can be flexible. You can work from home, but what about actually when they're taking the courses Are the courses flexible as well? You mentioned sort of 52 week program, but is it mm -hmm. set times? Can, can you, can you take it or working around a, a work schedule, kids schedule? Like how, how flexible is that? Totally. Yeah. We, so for the medical transcription program, 
we recommend working on it 23 hours a week. When okay. you do that is completely up to you. So okay. if you're a night owl, um, maybe you have to work around your kids' bedtimes, whatever it is, and you need to be up at midnight and you want to work on the program, you can. We don't have like set class times. You don't have to be there at 8 a.m. on Monday or, you know, whatever time on Tuesday, Wednesday. It's all totally up to you. We have instructors available um, Monday through Saturday. So if you call in, send an email, we're there to help. But when you do that, it's, it's totally up to you. If you want to get it all out of the way and do 23 hours on Monday, I don't recommend it, but you technically could <laughs> do it. <laughs> um, so are all, your, all the programs online, or is there anything that was in, in class before, I guess, before pandemic or, or everything online? Everything's been online since 2003. Huh. We've always done on-site or online, sorry, because... Our kind of mission is to help people, especially for people who haven't or don't have the opportunity to be able to take programs. So if, you know, if you have children, it can be very, very difficult to go to a college or go to a university and, you know, be there six hours a day or whatever it may be. But we, so we really want to focus on helping people who, who just don't have that opportunity because of whatever they may have going on in their, in their lives. So the pandemic really didn't affect our students all that much in, in the sense of their schooling. So they were doing it from bed in, in the beginning anyway. So, yeah. So how did, how did like, if, if you go back, like, to when, when the college started, like, what, what actually, you know, what happened? What, how did that happen? How did that come together? Like, what something, someone must have seen an opportunity somewhere to, to go into this. That was our CEO. So she was in um, a sales and marketing firm. And she went down to a conference and you know, met somebody and they became friends kind of thing. And they said, Hey, you know, we're trying to get in in Canada, but don't know the market. We don't really know, you know, how to approach this because they were a U.S. based company. And so Colleen is her name. She jumped right in and said, you know what, I'm going to do this and, and decided to do it all herself and, and start her own college. Cause she saw and did the research and really understood the industry and said, wow, there is a huge gap here. Uh, this is really affecting our healthcare, which obviously isn't good. So she started the college and, and went from there. Interesting. And you mentioned uh, Colleen being the founder and CEO of Canscribe and also your mom. Yes, she and, is. Um, I saw that she recently won a fairly prestigious award. Um, it's a mouthful, American Healthcare Documentation Integrity Distinguished Service Award. So it's, it's a long one, but as I was reading, it's a real testament of doing the right thing for many years. Like that, that really, uh, but what did, what did that recognition mean to the college? Like to you guys? For, for the staff here, it was, it, I, I would almost say it was bigger for the staff here um, to be able to recognize Colleen um, more than it was for her. And it's obviously a huge honor for Colleen, but for us to see how hard she's worked in every single day, to be able to help us obviously as a staff, let us all work from home during, during COVID and everything like that. And just seeing the work she's put into the industry to help students, graduates, she, you know, she's really there and, and she really pushes the idea of being able to help our students and graduates as much as possible. Right. Um, and so for that award to come through, everyone was really excited for her because it was so well-deserved and it was a long time coming that we all just kind of, I think we celebrated more as a staff than Colleen <laughs> did herself because it was just something that, that we knew she deserved as, as our leader. And 
yeah, it was, it was an awesome thing for us. That's great. Um, I didn't read about you, you have an international reach. Is that with students or programs or both? Like, are you getting students internationally taking your guys' programs? Yeah. So as long as you have high speed internet and uh, you speak English right now, you can take one of our programs. So we have students all over the world. The majority of our students are in Canada, but we have students in the United States. Uh, I believe one's in England and Australia as well. And we've had students in the Philippines, uh, South Africa, and all over Europe. Interesting. You know, before we hopped on the call, I mentioned I would have a hard time working from it. I don't, it isn't for everybody for sure. And it takes a special person to do it. I really believe that. And, and um, so how do you keep your students engaged when they're online, when you said, Hey, you got to work, we recommend 23 hours a week, but do it on your own time. If someone tells me that I'm doing it like the last 23 hours left in the week, right? That's just my personality. But, so how do you keep your students engaged to make sure that they're, they're, I mean, cause you, you've obviously run a successful program. So your students have been successful, right? So that that's a testament to it. So how do you do that? How do you keep them engaged? It starts before they're even a student really. We really walk every single person who inquires through the process. We're not about getting as many students into a program as possible. We don't believe in that because we want to make sure it's the right fit. If we recognize that, you know, for example, someone like yourself, if you inquired for one of our programs and we asked you, Hey, do you think you can, you know, self guide yourself? And you're like, no chance. I need a teacher. I need to be in front of someone. We're probably going to say, Hey, this might not be right for you. So it starts from day one, the first day someone inquires, we want to make sure that it's right. And, and some people don't think they can. And, you know, we, we walk them through a process. So in our application form, we have what we call our distance learning assessment. And so if someone puts all ones out of one out of 10 on there, we know it's probably not going to be uh, the best fit. We've had people do that, take the program and love it at the end, which is awesome. But we really walk through that process at the start to say, hey, is this going to be a good fit? Does this work for you? You know, here's what a schedule per week could look like in your scenario and everything like that. So that's day one. And then once a student enrolls, it's a, it's a big part of our student services team. And they do an awesome job of touching base with our students every week, sending out emails, giving them tips and tricks, all that sort of stuff to make sure that we're... The, they know we're here right. when you're in an online program. It can be really difficult because there's sort of a disconnect right. where you're like, I don't know if I should reach out. I'm nervous, all these sorts of things. And, and a lot of students feel that when they're in a class. And so it's even more so because they're isolated at home in a sense, but we really reach out to our students to make sure that they're doing all right. If they're not, we have instructors there to help. And, and that's one of the things we do to help keep them on track. So we're, some students think we're trying to bother them or <laughs> like that. But from our point of view, it's just trying to help them out and, and let them know that we're there. So we are always reaching out to make sure that they at the very least know we're here. Interesting. Yeah. You mentioned sort of that connection. And I know that, you know, when I went to university, you, 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 you have a connection to the university or college you go to and, and, you know, I still have the cup and you wear the shirt and you get the alumni magazine. So wondering, how do you stay, how do you stay connected with your alumni? Do, do the students that have been through the program, do they feel a connection with Canscribe? Can I saw, you know, I've seen, I saw testimonials on the site, but on, uh, you know, I'm sure there's more than, you know, you've, you've put thousands of students through the program. So how do you, how do you, how do you stay connected with them? Yeah, I, I will. I want to think that they feel connected to us, but maybe that's just my biased mind. Um, yeah, one of the 
things we have is we have a private Facebook group. Um, and I know that's minor, but it's, it's been awesome. We get to connect with our graduates and, and our students that way. We also have a private forum for them that they get access on day one. And then we do graduate follow-ups. We like to follow up with them for at least a year after they graduate and, and plenty of graduates that we, we've graduated still contact us. Um, they like to check in. We kind of become friends with a lot of graduates in a lot of time. So they just call in to check up and see how you're doing. And, and we want to help them try and find positions as best as possible. So we we're always reaching out to our graduates. Um, we send out emails, everything like that. We off, we often do just little contests just to say, Hey, we're still here. Um, and different things like that. So yeah, it's, it's really important for us to be able to stay connected because this is so cliche, but I have to say it. They're not just a number to us. Um, like we care about all our students so much and we, and we talk to them, you know, when they're in a program for 52 weeks and you're calling them almost every week, like you really get to know somebody and, and a lot of students really open up to us about their, their life, their struggles and different things like that. So, you know, when you really get to know these people, they become like your family in a way. And, and so it's, it's not even like a task we do. It's something that we like to do is just say, Hey, how's it going? Interesting. Yeah, that, that would be an interesting one because, like I said, be, having connection to that because I think that builds your, your credibility too with your alumni, right? If, especially if they're, they get into good roles and then they tell someone and, you, you know, all that, all that works, right? So, but, you know, you mentioned sort of placing people in careers and I saw that you have a lot of connections with employers. Um, do the employers influence, and maybe that's not the right word, but do they influence the, the curriculum at all? What's being taught? Because they're the ones that are hiring. So do you work with them at that level, not just placing people into their, uh, uh, into a job as well or career? Yeah. When wherever, whenever we're developing a program, we work directly with employers because <clears throat> we're not just academics. We're not just trying to create a course or a program for the sake of selling it. For us, it's about, is this training going to be genuine and actually help people out? So for example, with the medical transcription program, we had the employers actually go through the entire program and say, Hey, are we missing anything? Um, the last iteration that we did of the program, they said, Hey, you know, a lot of people are really missing computer skills, like basic word, basic Excel, stuff like that. So we added that into the program because if the employers are saying they need it, let's yeah. train for it. And so, yeah, we work directly with them. I mean, I, I have conversations with employers almost every two weeks, so it's, it's kind of constant for us and, and we like to let them know. And, and that's a part of the reason they like our graduates so much is because they know how good the training is because they were involved in the creation of it in a sense. And then we actually have a practicum in the program where students can be placed with one of the employers, which is still from home, which is really nice. Um, and they can actually work for the employer basically for a month, come back and then write their final exam. So it's a huge opportunity, obviously, for the students because they get to meet an employer before they even graduate. But it's also really good to see for the, the employers because they get to see, hey, this person isn't even graduated yet and they're doing work for us. Hmm. So it's kind of a testament to the training that they had for the, you know, the first 10, 11 months. It's interesting because the joke is when I went through my degree program is that, you know, you come out of the program, but you don't even know how to use, I'm going to date myself, a fax machine or a printer. <laughs> they, don't, they don't teach you that. And it's interesting that I love that you work with the employer because then you're developing the skill and they're, they're, the, the hires coming in at a lot more value, value to, the, to the employer, which is so important. So 
there's onboarding and everything, but if you can break some of those barriers or alleviate some of those barriers, it's going to make it even easier for them to kind of integrate into that, especially when you're not working in an office. Like you can't turn around, right? You don't have a desk that you can turn around and say, hey, do it this way. When you're working remotely, it makes it a little bit more difficult to do that, right? So, Yeah, 100%. I, I felt the same way when I graduated university. I, um, I specialized in marketing. Right. And then when I went into marketing, they say, hey, can you take a look at our Google Ads account? And I said, sorry, what's, yeah, what's that? <laughs> how do I... So yeah, we, that's kind of, we take our experiences in that and say, Hey, let's not do this. So when someone graduates, um, I can talk about this in our virtual assistant program. Um, we talk about how to do Google ads and Facebook ads and all that Mm -hmm. sorts of stuff. So when you graduate and you attempt to work for a marketing firm or something like that, Mm -hmm. if someone says, Hey, can you start a Google ads campaign for us? They'll be able to say, sure. Give me 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So, um, and I'm not sure if you know a percent. I'm just curious: is how many of your students do you place into into careers? Like, do do you have that? I mean, do you track that information? Yeah. So, 88 percent of our medical transcription graduates find work within two weeks of graduating. Wow. So, yeah, it's something we're really excited about for our graduates um, and for the employers yeah. and. Most people don't know this, but whenever you go to the doctor, um, a medical transcriptionist listens to what the doctor says about your visit and types it out. And that goes into your medical file. So most people don't know that that job even exists, but it's a really, really important one. So we're excited for our graduates, the employers and just people because it's good. (laughs) No, that's great. No, that's great. Um, I I warned you, we're going to take a little bit of us. We're going to go down a different path. We're going to learn a little bit more about you. Um, there's, I, I like to answer There's 10 questions I'm going to ask, and some of them are off the wall, but we just want to know you a little bit more. So I think you're going to have fun with this. So um, <laughs> first one, uh, what's the best way for you to start your day? What do you do? Ooh, coffee. <laughs> coffee. <laughs> yes. I am not a morning person <laughs> at all. Um, this morning I woke up and took our little puppy for a walk and, and that was good, but it was freezing cold. And the first thing I did when I came back was make coffee. So <laughs> that's the first way I have to start it. Um, if you just found out that you won the lottery, what would be the first thing you would do? Probably invest it. Is that boring <laughs> to say? Should I say something more fun? That's probably what I would do. <laughs> I thought maybe go watch a you know, bar and you, I guess you can. I'd love to do that. If it wasn't COVID, yeah, I'd probably fly and travel Europe. That's what, that's probably what I do. But right now I would just sit on it and be boring. <laughs> uh, if you went out one night and it was karaoke night and you had to go up and sing a song. What would, what would you sing? That's a tough one. Probably something by Morgan Wallen. Um, probably cover me up. That was my first dance song at my wedding and it's my favorite uh, song. So that's probably what I do a little bit sappy, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, as you were kind of going through your career, you said, I mean, you started, you started fairly young at Transcribe and, but is there someone that you admire that you'd look up to either, either in your, you know, your, your work environment or outside um, that you really admire and look up to? Yeah. Uh, it's going to sound cheesy, but my mom, she's been my boss for, for most of my life and, and seeing how she, you know, started a business and she started in an industry that is male led simply put. And she started, you know, back in 2003, when these movements kind of weren't there as much, you know, trying to empower women and and all that. And so, you know, it was really funny to me when I was in university, and we were talking about, you know, this is how you add diversity. And this is, you know, you should empower women and, and people of color and all this stuff. And I, I felt disconnected to that, because 
I saw my mom do that my whole life. Like since, you know, I was nine years old or however old I was when she started the business, I kind of saw that. And I, I saw a woman lead a company and, and, you know, it was just a really, really good experience for me to be able to grow up in and, and just watch someone basically break down boundaries and, you know, pave the way for an entire industry that is women led, which is awesome. And our company only has three males and it's not because, you know, of anything. It's just that it doesn't matter. That stuff doesn't matter to us. It's just, you know, it's a really, it was a really, really powerful thing, I think, to grow up and watch and, and see someone lead the industry like that. Well, I have to say you've, you've done two check marks. You've made your wife happy and your mom happy in the last two answers. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even have a script. I'm just saying stuff. <laughs> um, if, you, if you only had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? What's, what's your favorite? Pizza. 100% pizza. You can put anything on pizza. You can like, if you go to Domino's, they have like the cinnamon and stuff on top. It's dessert. You can egg pasta pizza. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, what's your favorite way to spend a day off? Oh, watching hockey probably. That's, that's I won't uh, ask you, but you warned me not to ask you about the game tonight, so I won't. So. <laughs> If, uh, who would, if, if, if they had to make a movie about your life, um, who would you want to play you in the movie? Ooh, I'm boring. That would be a terrible movie, but, uh, <laughs> I'm a big Ryan Reynolds fan. Um, okay. yeah. I like to think I've got, I'm, I'm, you know, funny, I guess, kind yeah. of. And I think he's hilarious. So I think he would do, he, he would make my boring life at least funny. He is awesome. I love, <laughs> I love his movies. Um, what famous person, dead or alive, would you like to meet for at Starbucks for a cup of coffee? I th right now, I think I would probably say Elon Musk. Mm -hmm. I think he would be a really interesting person to sit down with. Um, but I've always had a fascination with Rosa Parks. She mm -hmm. was someone that I... She, the first time I had to... Um, write a big essay. She was the first person I, I wrote on. So I, I think she would be a, a really interesting person to, to learn from. Interesting. When we were able to travel, um, what's your favorite place we've ever visited? Ooh, that's a tough one. I lived in Birmingham, England for four months and I loved it there. It's not known as like a great place, but I loved it. <laughs> I would have to say, I'd have to say Munich. Mm -hmm. I, I loved it there. It's such a beautiful city. Um, my favorite soccer teams from there as well, but I, I also went to Oktoberfest. So that, uh, that was a really fun time. That'd be great. And last question, if, if you weren't doing what you're doing is, I mean, you've been in sort of the education sector for a while, but if, if you weren't doing it, what would you be doing? I always had a dream to become a soccer coach. Um, I've coached soccer every year, except for this one, basically. Oh, okay. Um, so that's something I thought I legitimately thought about doing when I was younger and, and truly trying to pursue that. So probably that. The Whitecaps could use a new coach. Hey, I'm with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the popular opinion for sure. <laughs> Unfortunately, you can't just flip your coach every year either. Nope. <laughs> so thank you. Thanks for playing with us. That was fun. Yeah, no problem. Those are good questions. <laughs> that's great. As vice president, so in your role right now, um, I assume you wear many hats, but what, what is sort of the day-to-day -day role look like for you? And then the second part of that is 
What are some of the challenges? I mean, you've, you've, you've seen everything, right? So you've gone from operations to marketing to vice president. I'm sure there's been days where you're like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Like, what are, what's your role look like? And what are some of the challenges that you see day to day? Yeah, it's just a big part of my job is just working with with everyone in the team kind of every day to make sure everyone has what they need and right. and making sure that, you know, if there's any holes that we fill them and, and working to increase processes and, and clarity through departments and everything like that. So it's a lot of, there isn't one tangible thing, but I also um, spearhead the marketing department as well. So playing around with ads, creating landing pages, all that sort of stuff is kind of my day to day, but it's really just working with the team. And then for, for challenges of, you know, everyone has bad days. That's the way it goes. Um, at the end of the day, people have bad experiences with every, every company. And for me, it's, it's working with those and trying to make sure that, you know, someone who might be struggling with the program that we find a better way to help them out. Um, so for example, we're, we're working right now on creating more video content for students because not everybody is, you know, a textbook reader essentially. And so we're adding more video content and working through things like that and trying to find new innovative ways to display the same content, um, but in a better way, essentially. And, and so th- just trying to discover things like that's challenging, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned adding the new courses or anything else. So what, you know, in the future that you guys are at expansion, other courses you're looking at offering, obviously not to tell me if there are, because it might be in the works, but is it, are you exploring more programs to kind of put into the fold? Yeah, we're always looking for, for us before we want to launch a program, we want to make sure that there's going to be a demand and we want to be able to sure that, be sure that we're filling a hole. Um, so we really look for, industries that are kind of under trained or there isn't a lot of training available. So we can kind of jump in and help out that way and and provide training. Um, And we're always going to do that from home as well. That's a huge thing for us because, you know, people who are in more rural communities don't want to travel eight hours to, to get the training or anything like that. So we're always looking for more programs and, and ways to help people for sure. Um, you definitely have a passion for what you do. Um, what, you know, what gets you excited? What do you love about your, your job? Like what, what gets you up in the morning? It's, it's the stories of helping people. Um, we've received comments and emails from graduates saying you literally saved my life. You helped me find a job when I couldn't, um, I was on disability, And I couldn't find a career because I was, you know, stuck at home kind of thing. And those things get you through. They, they just drive you. It's, it, it's huge to be able to, you know, help people and and get paid to do. It's always good too, but that's really what, what drives me every single day. And I think most people on our team are like that as well. You know, everyone has their bad days, but when you get an email like that, it's, I mean, it just keeps you going. That's awesome. Um, so for anyone that's listening and wants to learn more, maybe they're interested in any of the programs you guys are offer or have some questions, what's the best way for them to take the next step? Yeah, you can give us a call. We've got a team ready to answer questions or just go to our website. I'm, I'm about being honest and clear. So we have literally all the information you need on our, on our website. We don't like to hide anything because why would we? Um, so if you want to learn and you don't feel like getting phone calls or emails quite yet, you can just go on there and learn about what we offer and and who we are. 
you can see my picture on there if you really need to after this. I doubt that's a possibility, but yeah, you, you get to meet our team on there, see all of our information. And if you need any help, um, we have a career assessment on our website as well that can guide you to see if, you know, any of our programs will even work for you. So, yeah. That's excellent. Well, Justin, thank you so much for taking the time today. It was great talking with you and learning about your guys' or your journey and, and transcribe. And, you know, it's, there's something to be said about, you know, do what you do best, right? And just really specialize. And that, I mean, you guys are epitome of that. It's like you guys own this space and, and it's such a unique offering. But, you know, when you when you're talk about the success of almost 90% of your students, you know, finding a role in, in two weeks, like that, that's that's incredible. And, and that's ultimately what they're looking for, like you said. So, so thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you taking the time and talking. Yeah, thank you very much. This is awesome. Yeah, excellent. Well, have everyone have a great rest of your day. Go Canada. Go Canada. <laughs> and thanks for tuning into Business Matters. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Matters with host Rob Capello. If you're interested in being on the show, reach out to us and join the conversation. 